turn in your Bibles with me to John chapter 5. How many Christians do we have here today? You're not ashamed to be a Christian. I'll tell you what, there, there's a move on in the world today to shame Christians. To, uh, to cause Christians to uh, try to find some other terminology to use other than I'm a Christian. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to play that game. I am a Christian. I'm not ashamed to be a Christian because to me, a Christian is a follower of Jesus Christ. Amen. I know they weren't called Christians to start with. They were called people of the way. Somehow another religion perverted that. Now they became people in the way. In the way of God. In other words, obstruction. Obstructing God. But I don't want to be one who obstructs what God is trying to do in the world. I'm not a religious person. Some people, you know, they want to control your life and they'll use religion to control you. And uh, if they can't control you with fear, if they can't control you with other things, they'll, they'll use religion to control you. And, uh, and, uh, and I don't play that game either. I believe that we need to live a godly life. I have my ideas about what a godly life is based upon the scriptures. And, uh, and uh, I try to live according to biblical principles, a godly life. Godly means like God. I, I, you know, the uh, the easiest answer to is this right or wrong is would God do it? You know, what would Jesus do? And so we uh, we can call ourselves Christians, but I've noticed there are a lot of there are a lot of people out there who call themselves Christians that aren't living like a Christian should live. Not by my standards, but by God's standards. And, you know, God's standards are higher than my standards. I, I, I'm human, you know, and weak and in the flesh, and so I try to make excuses. I try to make excuses for myself. I try to make excuses for other people. Well, you know, they are, you know, they're not very educated or, or, or they're, they're physically weak or, you know, try to make excuses for people. Well, you know, they didn't have a good upbringing. They didn't have an example at home, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, when you get our age, uh, we're without excuse. You can't blame it on your parents anymore. You've had time to make corrections. Hello? Am I speaking truth? So the title of my message is, So, dot, 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 you say you're a Christian question mark so you say you're a Christian uh, if you were accused of being a Christian would there be enough evidence to convict you if somebody accused you of being a Christian and took you to court and there was a trial would there be enough evidence in your life to convict you of being a Christian or would they say, you know, it's just hearsay. We don't have any evidence this person's actually a Christian. Amen? Amen. What is a Christian? Well, a Christian is uh, not a Jew. 
A Christian is not a uh, humanist. A Christian is not a communist. A Christian is not a Buddhist or a Muslim or a Shintoist or a Confucius, Confucianist, Confuciusist. <laughs> Amen? A Christian is none of those things, but what is a Christian? Well, let's turn to John 5, look at verse 24. Jesus is speaking here, and he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Now, that's a good definition of what a Christian is. There's a lot of good definition and defining scriptures, but th this is one. He that hears the, the word of Jesus, he says, he that heareth my word. And these, these are in red letters if you have a red letter edition. These are the words of Jesus. He says, he, says, he that hears my words. So right off the bat, we know that a Christian is somebody who listens to Jesus. Who hears what Jesus has to say. And believes on him that sent me. In other words, a, a real Christian is someone who believes that God the Father sent me. Or they believe that I'm sent from God. How many of you are listening to Jesus and you believe that the Father sent him? If you believe that and you're that person, you have H-A-V-E in the, in the modern rendition of hath. That means present tense, ongoing, everlasting life. If you are listening to Jesus and you believe God the Father sent him, you have everlasting life. You've got it. So a, a Christian is someone who is experiencing right now everlasting life. You've got the living life of God in you. And shall not come under condemnation. In other words, you, you stand before God uncondemned. That's righteousness. Righteousness is, uh, is a condition of being right with God or being not condemned uncondemned you stand before god without condemnation but you have passed from death unto life so a a true christian is someone who's had who's, who's had a passage you've passed from a condition of being dead separated from god by your sins unto life with god Amen. you're you're already because of what you believe and because of who you're listening to, you have everlasting life already abiding in you. Hallelujah. You don't have to die to inherit eternal life. You've got it now. <laughs> so a true Christian is someone who is eternally alive unto God. You've been rejoined to God. Your spirit, God's spirit are, are, are infused with one another. 
you are alive unto God forever. That's what a true Christian is. Well, now, if you believe all of that, then you, it's going to affect you. You're, you're going to act like it. You're not going to go around acting like a dead person. You're not going to have dead church services. Any church you go to is going to be a, a, a living church because it is full of living people. See, this, this is not a dead church. You don't have to be big to be alive, and you don't have to be you don't have to be uh, 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 small to be dead. He says the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. For as the Father has life in Himself, so has He given to the Son to have life in Himself. We know that God the Father is the source of all life. And He has placed that life into His Son, Jesus, and given Jesus the authority to pass that life on to whoever he wants to. Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. And Jesus says that when, when the dead hear the voice of the Son of God, they that hear will live. He's not talking about the resurrection. He's talking about anyone who is spiritually dead. All he has to do is hear and listen to the voice of Jesus and he will live. He'll come alive. Come alive! Amen. He is a quickening spirit. So anyone who's dead or separated from God, lost in their sins, all they've got to do is hear the voice of Jesus and they'll live. Hallelujah. And you know, that's what we're all about. We're all about being that voice in the world. Speaking on behalf of Jesus so that we can share the words of Jesus to a dying world. And when they hear the, when they hear the word of Jesus, they will come alive. I believe we're living in a time when whole nations are going to come alive. And it's hard work getting there. You know, John mentioned, you know, he, he's gone for four days and two of those days he's traveling. Airport stuff. And you almost feel like, well, you know, I, I, I got to be gone at least a month in order to make those days of traveling worthwhile. But, you know, it's hard to be gone a month when you've got responsibilities here. And uh, I admire John and anybody else that is willing to is willing to make a trip like that. Go and spend a couple of days to make a difference and then come home. A lot can be accomplished in that in in, in those kinds of uh, activities. Uh, you know, we're going to Nepal in next month, and I'll be there about ten days. And in those ten days, I'll preach in some churches. I'll minister in in their Bible school, and I'll I'll conduct a couple of conferences, two day conferences, and then get back on the plane and and uh, uh, come home. I'll leave there. I'll leave Kathmandu at 2 a.m. on Tuesday, and I'll get back in Jacksonville at midnight on Tuesday. But it's like a 36-hour day. It's still Tuesday, 
as but the world is turning. You know, and so that's why that, that's one way to get the most out of your day. You know, is get in that get in that turn, and you can stretch a twenty four hour day into thirty six hour. But it's no fun. It's not fun. Uh, my body already is, is is saying, "Are you sure you want to do that?" And uh, and the answer is, "No, I don't want to do that physically. I don't have any desire to do that." But and it's February there; it's going to be cold. But I chose the hotel this time, and uh, uh, and I'm going to take a heater with me too. I got me one of those little miniature heaters. I hope it works. And uh, and and uh, and and Ruth ordered me three flannel shirts. And uh, you know, I'm thinking about getting some long johns. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take gloves, the mittens, earmuffs. I'm, I'm gonna be ready. Praise God. But yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. But I know you say, well, Pastor, what makes you think you're so important that you've got to go do that? I've actually had somebody ask me that. What makes you so important that you've got to go do that and you're going to spend all that money so you can be there for 10 days? What makes you so important? Nothing except I'm a carrier of the word of the Lord and the life of God. And I, I have this vision for Nepal that God's going, to, God's going to reach that nation in a day. I really believe God's going to change things. Now, I can't talk about that publicly or they'll arrest me. You know, I've got to be wise. That's why I can't take some of y'all. Because you can't control your mouth. You're going to say something and get us arrested. I'm just saying. Harold. Amen. Just saying. You know, you got to, you know, you got to be wise. But it doesn't mean that we don't have, we don't have something to offer those people. They're good folks. They need encouragement. There's this one guy, his name is Govinda, G-O-V-I-N-D-A. And I just met him, I just met him briefly uh, when I was there last year. Big tall guy. And uh, I just felt drawn to him. He's got two little boys. And, uh, and, and he said, he, you know, he was telling me about his family and his ministry and stuff. And, uh, but I've been following him on Facebook. That guy goes all over western Nepal in the villages and mountain villages and valleys and places and goes into places that have no Christians whatsoever and just raises up churches. So I'm a, I'm a prayer partner of his. I haven't sent him any money or anything, but I just, I just pray with him. He, he always notifies me when he's going off on a trip and I pray with him and, and, uh, and pray for him while he's gone. And, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him. And uh, because, I mean, that guy is one of those guys nobody ever knows about, nobody ever hears about, but he's out there making a difference at his own risk. Because if he, if he gets caught doing that, they'll put him in jail. I'm telling you, these are courageous people. And if I can go and encourage them or light a fire under them or in any way pat them on the back and say, you're doing the right thing, keep on doing it, then I can be a part of that nation turning to God. Because I'm full of the life that is in Jesus that was in the Father. Amen? Now, that's to me, a Christian is someone who is carrying the life of God around with him everywhere he goes. Amen? Now, look in John chapter 8 and uh, verse 12. 
just just one little sentence here. John eight twelve. Jesus is speaking again, and he said he said, "I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life." He that follows me. That's a Christian, right? A Christian is someone who follows Jesus. Now, if someone tells you they're a Christian and they're not following Jesus, they're liars. And they will have their part in the lake of fire. All liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. If you say you're a Christian and you're not following Jesus, you're, you're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself. You're sure not fooling anybody else. How many people... Have you observed in your life that you know were church members came to church with you were members of your family, but people you and they claim to be Christians, and 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 you had this thought. Really? Uh, I don't think Christians act like that. That's not how Christians are supposed to behave. I, I was observing this one individual and uh, uh, the way they were treating their mother. And man, the people in the world don't even treat their dogs the way they were these people were treating their mother. And they claim to be Christians. Go to church faithfully, carry their Bibles with them, sing, you know, and just, just uh, you know, they got all the trappings of a good Christian, but... but just observing the way they treated their own mother tells me they're not Christians. The heathen treat their mothers better than that. You say, well, you're judging. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. I have the right to judge. The Bible says that God has given us the right to judge. What about that scripture where it says, judge not lest you be judged? It just means that if you judge, you're going to be judged. You're going to be judged by the same standards you judge others. Well, I just want you to know, just so you, in case you don't, I honored my mother and my father all the days of my life, and I took care of them when they needed my help, and, I, and I've honored them since they've been gone. And I'm going to live a long time on the earth because there's a promise attached to that. I, and so if I judge someone for not honoring their mother or not honoring their father, then, uh, then uh, so be it. I'm qualified to judge them and I'm willing to be judged by the same judgment. That's all that means, judge not lest you be judged. But there's a scripture in 1 Corinthians that says that God has committed unto us judgment. The right to judge. By the way, in the, in, in the resurrection, we're going to sit in judgment of all the nations. All the uh, all the unborn again people that 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 make it somehow or another in, into the eternal kingdom. That's a whole new subject. We're going to sit in judgment of them. God has made us judges. <laughs> what do you think a king is? He sits he sits and presides and rules over his people, and he judges them. Hello. Hello. Well, y'all got quiet on me real quick. <laughs> Amen. Well, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness. Now, you know, I don't want to take the time right now because I'm running out. 
but uh, I, I want you to just know that uh, you can read the Bible, and you, the Bible is very clear and very, very, very carefully details what darkness is like and what light is like. And the Bible says that, that, that a Christian is not one who fellowships with darkness. What fellowship has light with darkness? We're the light, and then there's darkness. The light, is, uh, the light are those people who have the life of God. Amen. Uh, he that followeth me shall walk in darkness, but shall have shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. In him was light, and that light was the life of the world. Amen. So if you are if you are a Christian, you're walking in the light as he is in the light. You are one who has has no darkness in you, because in God there is no darkness. You're a light dweller. That's why I don't like going to church where they, you know, they turn off the lights. I like to worship in the light. I like to walk in the light. I like to worship in the light. I like to read in the light. I, I like to be able to look at people's beady eyeballs when I'm talking to them. I like to eat my meals in the light. I don't like going in these restaurants where you have to just have faith. <laughs> That the food doesn't have something crawling around in it. When they start turning the lights down and dimming the lights, it tells me they got something to hide. Christians don't hide anything. Christians do everything above board in the light. Open book. Open for inspection. Read of all men. That's what a Christian is. A Christian is not someone who creeps around in the darkness, but he walks in the light. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Now, uh, a Christian is also uh, described in John chapter 14. John chapter 14 and verse 15. A little short statement that Jesus made. By the way, all my scriptures today are in the book of John, and they're all words that come out of Jesus' mouth. John 14, uh, I want you to look at one, one little verse, verse 15. And Jesus says, if, everybody say if, yeah. if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. In another place, Jesus said, uh, how can you say that you love me and you don't even do what I say? How can you say you're a Christian if you don't even do what he says? If you don't obey Jesus, you're not a Christian. <laughs> if your life is not a life that practices obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ, now I know I know we mess up. I know sometimes we have to deal with our flesh and our flesh rebels against what God wants us to do. And we have these battles, but we win those battles. Yes. See, a true follower of Jesus is going to fight the good fight of faith and win these battles. We're not just going to say, well, that's just the way I'm built and I can't help it. How are you leaning? You know, uh, you know, you know I, a Christian does not lean into his past sins and iniquities. A Christian is someone who's been delivered from iniquities and sins and forgiven of all his trespasses and sins and walking in the light today and refusing to disobey God. How many times have you had these words come out of your mouth. 
I know that I know that uh, uh, people want me to do such and such, but I must obey God. I mentioned last week how when I was in high school, uh, they invited me to join the National Honor Society, which I did, and then I found out they 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 had an initiation, and they wanted me to dress in drag. They, my initiation was to put on pantyhose and a bra and a dress and high heel shoes and lipstick and rouge and earrings and a necklace and walk around school for a whole day dressed like a, a, a woman. And I went to the principal's office and I said, God's word says... The principal claimed to be a Christian, had a reputation of being a Christian. He was on the board of, uh, you know, Polk Street United Methodist Church, downtown Amarillo, Texas. He was a former mayor of the city. Highly esteemed man. I respected him. I loved that man. I thought, I thought, man, I'm so glad, I'm so blessed to have a, a, a principal like this. But I went into his office and he said, you're the first person we've ever had to object to that uh, initiation. And I said, I don't care. I have to obey God. Amen. And really put him on the spot. So, but he allowed me to, he allowed me to take my stand because he had, he had confessed before I said that he had confessed that he too was a Christian. Yeah. And I said, Oh, so you say you're a Christian. Are you going to let me follow my conscience? Because I can't in good conscience disobey God and wear that which pertains unto a woman. Man, things have changed. Things have changed. But people who love, listen, people who love Jesus obey Him. So you say you're a Christian. You say you're a follower of Christ. You say you hear Him. So we started with, He heareth my word. So you say you hear Him. You listen to His word. You pay attention to what He says. Then do it. See, God came up with that before Nike did. Just do it. Amen? If you know it's, if you know it's what God wants, then do it. Well, well it's hard. It don't matter. It don't matter. When the going gets tough, the tough get going, right? Just do it. If you know God is commanding you to do something, to forgive, then forgive. Don't go on whining and crying and complaining about how hard it is. Just do it. Don't give me a whole litany of excuses about what they did to you and how much it hurt and how painful it was and how you cried for 40 days and 40 nights and filled the ocean with tears. Just do it. God said forgive them and you you just do it. Christian. That's what Christians do. Christians forgive. <laughs> Well, people who abide in God's love, you know, they, they also love each other according to what the Bible says. Look, John 15, in other words of Jesus, John 15, 10. John 15, 10. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. 
you you want to live in His love, you got to keep His commandments. Well, pastor, you know, we should love the homosexuals. We should love the transvestites. We should love, you know, the whatevers. Jesus said, if you keep my commandments, you'll live in my love. You don't just love people outside of keeping God's commandments. You love them by keeping God's commandments. See, I, if I compromise, I'm not loving them. But if I obey God for myself, I'm, I'm providing them a, an example. Are y'all following me? I'm not saying let's be, let's be hateful and and mean and ugly and reject people. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, if if uh, if a gay couple came to our church, we wouldn't kick them out. We'd love on them, but I wouldn't change one thing I preach. I wouldn't change one thing about the Word of God. And I and I and, and knowing they were there would just light my fire. You know. And I start, I start trying to find ways to minister to them. You see, I don't ignore who you are. I don't ignore what you're going through. I don't ignore your 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 experiences. I know some of y'all pretty well. I've been your pastor for you know some of you for thirty five years. Some of you five years. Some of you less than that. But I, you know, the more I know about you, the more the more I can the more I can uh, love on you in a way that will benefit you. So I'm not just coming up here, you know, reading out of a sermon book. I don't know if you've noticed, but Ruth doesn't come up here and pray out of a prayer book. Everything we do is 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 the result of yielding into the Holy Spirit and getting something that will minister to your particular need. Because we love you, we keep his, we follow His orders, we follow His instructions. And and we and we do our best to preach the truth in love, Amen. Without compromising the truth, He said, "If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love." There's something about obedience that enables you to abide more fully in the love of God. Have you noticed that? Just in this one sentence. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. There's a correlation. Y'all see that? How many of you, you know, can connect dots? How many of you can color and stay in the, within the lines? Basic kindergarten, right? All right. You need to when you read the scripture, you need to you need to connect the dots. There's something about keeping his commandments that enables me to abide in his love. There's a level of living in the love of God that can only be accessed through obedience. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. These things 
have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Boy, there's a lot there. We're command. Oh, if you love me, you keep my commandments. We're commanded. How many of you are hearing the Lord? You are commanded to love one another in the same measure that Jesus loved you. There's a whole sermon in that. Unconditionally. Totally. Sacrificially. Without qualification. He loved us when we were unlovable. And He's commanded us to love each other that way. So you say you're a Christian. Well, I've watched some Christians and the way they behave. I've seen people come in into this church. Look around and see where somebody was sitting and go sit on the opposite side. And they say they're Christians. Ooh. I'm not saying it was you. I said I've seen it in this church. Don't get all <laughs> If the shoe fits, wear it. But if the shoe doesn't fit, pass it on. Cinderella's here somewhere. She'll find it. Amen? These things have I spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and your joy might be full. This, see, I'm glad he put that in there because his commandments are not grievous. He said, if you'll, do, if you'll do these things that I'm telling you, you're going to be full of joy. You're going to be full of joy. And he says, love one another as I've loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Well, did Jesus do it? Did Jesus lay down his life for us? Then we, if we are a Christian, then we're going to be the kind of people that do that. We're not going to live selfish lives. I could sum it all up that if you are if you are a true Christian, you're one of the most unselfish people on the planet. Amen. Christians are the most unselfish people in the world. Amen. I think it's significant. That if you if you say you're a Christian, you're going to be the kind of person that is not easily offended, because you're abiding in the love of God, and love is not easily offended. You're not going to go around all the time getting your feelings hurt, using, you know, you know, just just believing that everybody's against you. You're not going to live a life of paranoia, believing everybody's out to get you, everybody's against you, everybody that's whispering and talking about you. Somebody walks in, they got a sour stomach, and they grimace, and, and, and you think it's all about you. Hello? Amen. You're going to be thinking about them. You're going to be thinking about it. You're not going to be thinking about you all the time. Jesus wasn't thinking about Himself all the time. He was aware of Himself. He was self-controlled, self-aware, and self-motivated, you know, 
and 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 yielded to the Holy Spirit. I, he was a, he was a human being, but he overcame every selfish impulse to the point of laying down his life, not just dying, but suffering, suffering like no man had ever suffered, suffering a death that he did not deserve. And forgiving those that were doing it to him. Amen. And we are his followers. So we say. So we say. So I say this morning. Put up or shut up. It's time we as mature Christians. Began to let our light shine. Amen. I may have hit on something that really brought conviction to you, and it, you know it wasn't my intention to uh, bring anybody into condemnation. But if God convicted you of something this morning, repent of it and and overcome it. Let's go on. Amen. If there's somebody you haven't forgiven, there's somebody that you avoid, and you you all of a sudden you discover that that's wrong. And that's not a Christian. If you've missed, if you if if you've abused your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister, and and you still claim to be a Christian, and you know you can repent of that, get forgiveness, and overcome it. Let's go on. Let's not live a life of regret. Let's go forward and live in victory. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, uh, we're going to do communion, and then we're going to we're going to be dismissed. But uh, uh, how many of you love doing communion? You know what that's all about, don't you? Communion. Communion. C-O-M-M-U-N-I-O-N. It, it, it's a contraction. It's, a, it's actually from two words. That means coming and union. Coming into union. Communion means you join or you merge, or you come into agreement with, or you you come into union with. And what we're doing we, with communion is we're eating His flesh and drinking His blood and receiving His life into us. We're coming into union with the life of God through the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus, recognizing that the only way to the Father is through the Son. Amen? Hallelujah. I heard a guy say the other day, all religions are the same. And I said, uh-uh. <laughs> there's, there's only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son. So when we come into union or come into agreement with Jesus, we have we're given access to the Father through His blood. Amen. Isn't that something? Agree with Jesus and you can access the Father. Jesus said, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, though you were dead, you shall live. That's the same thing that he was talking about when he said, he who hears my word has the life of God abiding in him. Amen. Let him that have ears to hear, let him hear. Words of life. 
words of life. Father, right now, we just want to thank you for the body of Jesus that was broken, our Messiah. Different languages have different ways of saying his name. But I'm a Christian from Texas, and I call him Jesus. And in his name, I have life. And by his body that was broken for me, I am healed. I told a lady yesterday, I said, you know, the Bible says you were healed. And I said, that needs to be your confession. I were, I was healed, and I am healed. Not I'm going to be healed. Not maybe God will heal me. Not maybe someday I'll get healed. Not maybe after I take all of these uh, treatments I'll get healed. But no, I'm healed now. Let that be your confession. Based upon His body that was broken for us. The Bible says with His wounds we're healed. By His stripes we are healed. That's Isaiah 53. 1 Peter 2.24 says by His stripes you were healed. If I were, then I am. David Ingalls. <laughs> he said, if I were, then I am. I am. I am healed. I'm not going to be. I am. I'm not going to be saved. I am. I'm not going to have eternal life someday. I've got it now. I've got it now because I'm a Christian. I'm a real Christian. I'm not one of those fake ones. I'm one of those real ones. I'm a true follower of Jesus. I hear His Word. I have what His Word says I can have. His Word says that I can have healing for my body. I've got healing for my body. I've got it now. I'm going to eat and be healed right now in Jesus' name. Go ahead. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I felt it. Man, I felt something hit my body. Something. <laughs> healing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Then by the blood, by the blood, the Bible says the blood sanctifies, the blood cleanses, the blood remits, the blood covers, the blood delivers, the blood sets free, the, love, the blood of God brings access into God's presence. The blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary the blood gives me strength from day to day it shall never never lose its power mm. thank you father For the power in the blood. Thank you, Father. I have heard. I have believed. I have received. And I have entered into blood covenant with you through the precious blood of Jesus. All of its blessings and benefits and provisions are mine. Thank you, Father, for Andre Crouch.
who could sing that song better than me. What a blessing it is to know that it's not lost its power. And we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. That was the first song Andre Crouch ever wrote. And he was like 15 when he wrote it. Amen. And he lived on the royalties from selling that song for the rest of his life. Praise the Lord. What a, what a blessing that song has been. Because it's true. You know, when you sing a song that's true, it rings true. Amen. Father, I just want to thank you for the true Christians that I have the privilege of being pastor with these wonderful people that are faithful, believing, walking in obedience to you, loving and full of kindness and good works. I thank you, Father, that in this room right now exists some real Christians. Lord, we just want to let our light shine more brightly and help us, Lord, to uh, fine-tune our lamps so that in the midnight hour before Jesus comes, we'll be shining brightly in the darkness of this world. People will see our light and they'll come to the light. And that they'll be redeemed as we are. We give you praise for it. Bless everyone this week, Father, with a great week. Bring us back together, Lord, in love and fellowship and true Christianity. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' week.